loving-kindness practice in a couple of different ways. One is that we're going to broaden the categories of beings that we can send loving-kindness to. And the next category beyond uh, those who are very easy and then our circle of friends, then maybe into a broader circle of friends uh, that you hadn't considered yet, people you clearly uh, care for who are in your community, uh, maybe your family, maybe. And then we can actually open up beyond that to people we don't know. And this uh, category is misnamed the neutral people, people that we feel neutral towards. And it's been my experience that when my heart is open, I don't feel perfectly neutral about anybody. But if I look around the world, there are people I don't have uh, strong associations for or against. There are neighbors that I can picture, but I haven't talked to them yet. Or people I can uh, remember seeing in the places that I frequent, a grocery store or cafe. It's like, oh yeah, I I can think of those people and I don't yet have very strong feelings for them like they're friends, but it's easy to wish them well. But I don't feel neutral about them. I don't think that there's very many people I actually feel neutral about. Um, so we're reaching into a broader category of beings, and um, they're just the ones that you don't know that well, but you can consider them in loving-kindness practice. So you might uh, consider the turkeys already a close circle of friends, so you'd reach out beyond the turkeys, but maybe the turkeys are people, are beings, the tricky people. <laughs> are beings that are a little bit more uh, peripheral to where your heart feels engaged. And so to spend uh, some time offering loving kindness to uh, people in this room that you don't yet have an opinion about for or against, that one person you have yet to evaluate. (laughs) 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 But you might say, yeah, this, this is a person I don't know that well, but easily I wish them well. Easily I wish them Uh, safety in this category because there isn't already a lot of um, uh, heart uh, reverberance from the past. Um, Sometimes it's easy for the mind to wander because like, oh, this is sweet. And then because there's not an active engagement, uh, you might find this category, the heart uh, or the attention wanders a little more easily. Or you might find it actually kind of soothing because this category doesn't have a lot of drama yet. And so you're not having to sort out a long history of highs and lows. But yeah, there's a person, there's a being, there's a plant, an animal that I don't yet know well, but I can easily offer steady loving kindness towards them. And so this category can get quite broad because there are beings that you can picture who are around you that you don't have strong feelings for or against, but then you think about there's probably whole uh, whole countries of people I have never met, and I wish that whole country well. So we call it the neutral category because that's the classical language, but it's just the beings you don't yet have a strong opinion for or against, but you can open your heart towards them. 
And the way you would do this is you would start again where it's easiest, just to sort of remind your heart uh, that loving kindness is a wisdom, it's a beautiful experience in your own heart, it's a good way to see the world. We don't stop being uh, discerning on good actions, harmful actions, but the beings themselves we can wish well. And so you can broaden out uh, and you again start where it's easy and then see if I broaden out, does my heart stay engaged? And if it begins to diminish because the topic is too broad or there's not enough uh, charge in it to keep me interested, then I might come back to a category and refresh that and then go out broad again. You're also welcome to just visit this, try it out, but if you're in a place where you're really working on loving kindness for yourself, you wouldn't have to do this category to have that be useful. You can visit this category, but if you're really working on loving kindness for yourself, uh, that's uh, completely valid. So hopefully not overwhelming you with too many choices in too many ways, but you get to intuitively explore how much time do I spend on myself, on easier beings, and then can I spread out and either pick one person, one being to spend loving kindness towards, someone's back of the head that you've been looking at the whole time, or someone who's kind of peripherally off to the side. If you pick somebody in this room, it makes it a little easier because you can keep opening your eyes and remembering them, and then you can close your eyes again. And it's kind of sweet to send loving kindness through the room, through this broad category of uh, people or beings we don't know that well. So that's one range that you can explore with. Another coming from the talk last night is giving your full heart to sink in when you're doing loving kindness practice. So if it's for yourself or for an easy being or spreading out more, can you sincerely, very patiently offer your full humble heart to be sincere behind one well-wishing metaphrase? And can that be enough in that moment? And this begins to absorb us wholeheartedly in loving kindness practice, or it deepens uh, our practice. So one category is sort of a broadening, the field of loving kindness. Another is letting your heart sink in, inviting it to sink in, but not forcing it to sink in. You're inviting your heart to be whole and to be collected in loving kindness practice and letting go of any reservations. Hopefully by now you can see, I don't need to worry so much about being open-hearted, especially on a retreat. I'm going to explore what it's like to offer my full heart in loving kindness towards wherever I'm pointing my attention. A third thing, because the mind gets difficult at times, if you have a persistent challenge and you're practicing loving kindness and this persistent challenge makes it very difficult, rather than being exhausted by that, you can turn your attention towards what the persistent challenge is, an intruding thought, a difficult memory, and turn it towards, like, what is this? Let me just stop and take this in and breathe while this is happening. Let me just take a few minutes and see what is this persistent concern, memory, plan. Take some time to breathe with it. 
And what's often more helpful is rather than trying to figure out the content of it, is to feel the emotion driving it. So rather than trying to figure out the worry, what's it like to breathe with a heart that's worrying? And that can be much more helpful to uh, untangle a persistent uh, intrusion in your practice, is not try to get in there and figure it out with your head, but see what's the driving force of this um, aspect of my heart that's uh, not settling into practice. So those are for the very persistent things that are not easily put aside. At times you can turn towards them and try to feel what's driving this. But again, not cognitively with your head, but feel uh, what's the emotional drive of this persistent intrusion that doesn't allow me to sink fully into loving kindness practice. We have a whole day to experiment with this. So you can practice going wide, you can practice going deep, you can explore persistent challenges. Be patient, enjoy the flow of the ride. The, the day will flow on whether you want it to or not, so you might as well be relaxed uh, as a mode of practicing loving kindness. So with that said, find a posture that allows your animal body to be at ease. Start with welcoming contentment in these conditions. Very simple contentment. You're just a simple being breathing and see if you can find that relatively peaceful. And why you can keep continuing to invite this peace and ease You can also blend in a sense of delight or interest in this day of meditation practice. You've worked very hard to get into the middle of the retreat. You have some momentum to work with. This will be an interesting day. A day where you will explore your heart. We don't know what's coming. So it's also a day of mystery. Cultivate relaxation, renew your interest. And then from there, in a very slow pace, invite a being into your heart. It could be you or an easy being. and see what it's like to say one sincere phrase at a time with some commitment not to wander from your intention. What's it like to be loyal to this simple loving kindness practice?
remembering this being's positive qualities, and having an image of them that reminds you of their positive qualities. And what if this was your only purpose in life? Was to reflect upon someone's beauty and admire them and wish them well. It's sort of a humble orientation. This is what I will do today. I'm quite content sending you loving-kindness, feeling loving-kindness in my own heart.
And then you might open your attention to consider another friend. Or you might picture a circle of friends and see if you can picture them, maybe in a group photo. See which is easiest to tune into. And then see if you can draw fulfillment from simply wishing them well. You'll find that any degree of forcing this is fatiguing. So it's helpful if you're relaxed. And then let it just be one sincere phrase at a time.
Then you might bring your attention towards yourself as you are a part of this relationship of friendship. If these are a circle of your friends, they also love and admire you. Maybe you come into a sense of yourself and what you admire, where there's healthy pride, a recognition of your strength. And see what it's like if you can draw contentment, wishing yourself well, one simple phrase at a time. while offering yourself loving kindness, you can experiment with giving yourself loving kindness vows. I vow to let go of my shame. I vow to stop wishing I were someone else. I vow how to learn, I vow to learn to love me better. I vow to become more loyal to my well-being.
And now as an experiment, picture somebody sitting near you here in this room that you neither have an irritation with nor a secret crush upon. (laughs) Someone who you see doing their practice Maybe you felt supported by them being near, but you haven't formulated aversion or desire for. And maybe you have to go a little further than the people right around you. See if you can draw somebody to mind who's here in this room. You can roughly picture their face. Hold them in your mind's eye. You might reflect upon the fact that they too have had countless difficulties and very likely countless joys, times they've been courageous, times they've been fearful. And here they are trying to strengthen their heart, work with the challenges inside their own heart and mind. Can we wish them safety and peacefulness and health and ease
And again, just as an experiment, you can think of somebody back home, a neighbor, someone who works near you that you don't know that well, someone you can remember from being in a cafe or someone who's in the checkout at your grocery store. Someone you don't know that well. See if you can bring an image of them to mind. May they be safe. May they be happy. May they be healthy. And may they live with ease. And then lastly, bringing your attention back to an easy being. See what it's like having gone afar to come back to a being you know much better, whose image is more clear.
I have a few announcements and then open up and see if there are any questions or comments about your practice, especially from people who are not seeing a teacher today in the interview or the practice discussion. So uh, one request is to not um, a- is to not ask complicated Dharma questions by note, because mm-hmm. uh, there's a strong desire to meet the need, but to try to actually, it's like the most pressurized uh, text or um, tweet. <laughs> it's like, well, how do you describe karma on one, <laughs> two or three pieces of paper? Like the desire is there, but the, the means is so limited. So the notes are usually just for logistics. I'm going to miss your meeting, or um, yeah, keep it more on the logistics and the, the Dharma questions. Sign up to see teachers or ask those questions when you can do it live. Um, that's a request. Um, <clears throat> please attend the the meetings that are scheduled. We really want to check in with you and see how you're doing. It helps us know how the retreat's going. And if you miss a meeting, please leave a note for the teacher if you miss the meeting, because we worry about you. But it's also helpful for us to know that you're okay. So um, please come to the meeting, and if you accidentally miss it, uh, leave us a note. Uh, They're working on the hot water in the dorms, so you might see um, uh, workers coming up in their work vans, and that's what they're doing here. So they're working on it. And the last is to please be careful about the silence. Um, it's, uh, it's one of the most precious things that allows all of our minds to relax. One of the most compelling things is the human voice to the human ear. So even if you think you're whispering to a room full of meditators anywhere on this campus, that's a very strong draw. So it's very supportive uh, to keep in pure noble silence. If you've gotten into a chatty mode at where you're working, see if you can reduce that uh, and just keep the speaking to what's necessary to do the work. But um, it's helpful at this point in the retreat to not agitate the mind, even though if it's fun um, to keep pure silence, both for yourself, but for the community. So are there any questions about your practice and about reaching out to neutral people or working with persistent uh, distractions? Hi. Um, in working with persistent distractions, how long do you recommend sitting with something challenging? Sitting with? Sitting with something that's challenging. Yeah. When I was in uh, Burma doing long practice, I was so plagued by this question that I said, if I'm distracted by the same thing three times in the same sitting, I will turn my attention toward it. 
but the first three times, first two times, I will not go to it. But then I had to keep all this, all these records <laughs> of like, was that a real distraction? That was, no, that was definitely one distraction, and I did not turn my attention towards that. Is this the second time it's distracted me? Wait, am I supposed to oppose it? Or? So that didn't work. <laughs> And it ends up being much more by uh, intuition. And you uh, don't worry about getting it wrong. So there is one form of practice that's much more open. It's not as deliberate. It tends not to lead towards absorption. So one way to, one simple way to go to absorption is to keep your practice as simple as possible and as gently loyal in one direction as we can. Yet there will be times that the mind uh, has intrusions or it, it, it can't do loving kindness practice because there is something really pressing on it. And there's no really good indicator of when you should or shouldn't. And so uh, I find that if I'm starting to get frustrated, I'm starting to get tight in my mind to stay with my chosen subject and there's a distraction. At that point, I'm, I'm, there's so much stress building in my system or my mind hardens like, no, I won't be distracted. At that point, it's sort of like sitting with pain in your body. It's not supportive to practice loving kindness when there's that much stress in the system. So before you get there, uh, you can turn towards it. So usually it's by trying very hard and then realizing I can turn towards something. I, can, I don't have to get that stressed. And I can turn towards what's persistent. But again, there's no right formula. And then when you turn towards it, how long should you stay with it? Um, that's also a bit open. You could just stay with it until some perspective comes and you say, okay, this is an old argument and I'm really reliving it. And I'm going to practice saying, I see you, and this is not what we're doing now. So you can practice that. You can also practice saying, okay, it seems to have some energy behind it. I'm going to keep breathing with it. And at some point, you'll find that it either gets a little stronger, it stays about the same, or it gets a little weaker. But eventually, the draw on it will start to diminish. And so you can see it through until it sort of empties out of its charge. You can make it that, sometimes you can make that your loving kindness practice or your heart practice, whatever the distraction is. It's an annoying sound, but you see if you learn to offer what is producing that sound, loving kindness. It's an old persistent memory. I open my heart with compassion and with kindness and forgiveness towards whatever this persistent thing is. And either it resolves and you can consciously turn back or you get bored of it and your mind begins to wander. At either point, then you probably want to come back to your practice. You don't want to keep going back to something once it's lost its charge. I hope that was helpful because there's not a lot of, it ends up being intuitive and you have to experiment. But um, you'll find that going too often to every distraction is fatiguing. Never going to something is actually stressful. So 
somewhere between never and always. When you say turn towards a distraction, mm-hmm. what do you do? So if I were practicing loving kindness for a friend, I have an image of them and I'm holding them in my heart. And then I find it's hard to keep my attention on them. My mind wanders a little bit. I bring it back to my friend. But sometimes there is a competing either energy, like uh, there's a restlessness in my body and I'm trying not to give it attention. I'm trying to stay loyal to loving kindness practice, but there's pain in my body. or There's a restlessness in my body and I'm trying not to split my attention. I say, okay, body, you're restless, but my intention here is to keep clear. Even if I'm restless, I'm sending loving kindness. So I then might turn towards the restlessness in my body And turning towards it means I let go of my friend and I turn the present attention I have towards feeling my body. And then I stay with that for as long as that uh, seems productive to begin to feel it, feel the resistance to it, breathe within it, acknowledge that it's happening. And there again, it might just be a minute to do that. And then I come back because I'm practicing not giving it Uh, not letting it take over my practice, the way my body is feeling. Or you might have a persistent memory, and so you're trying to stay loyal to your loving-kindness subject, but your mind goes into some worry or some plan of the future or of the past, or some abstract thought, and you can't put it down. And so that's a challenge. And initially you want to stay, even with light challenges, I'm going to stay true to my loving kindness practice, even though I keep getting uh, taken up by this thing that my sister said. And for some reason, I'm really remembering this argument, but I'm not doing that now. I'm doing loving kindness for my friend now. But if it's really persistent, and I'm not actually doing much loving kindness for my friend because this old, painful conversation comes up with my sister. And I say, okay, I'm not going to try to keep connecting to this uh, friend with loving kindness phrases. I'm going to relax and say, what is this that keeps trying to grab my attention? What is it that I'm fighting? It's like, okay, it's a memory there's a very painful moment of the conversation, of the argument. Oh, I have resentment there. I can feel it. It's like, it's very unpleasant. I don't want to be here. I don't want to feel this. I hate this memory. It's like, yeah, but it's here and it's very persistent. Let's breathe within this. I'm breathing in my body and letting this thing dance around, kick and scream. And it's like, yeah, it really happened. It really happened. And I might not do more than just let the memory play itself out. And then there's all this reactivity and things I wish I had said. And it's like, yeah, I I remember this argument, this reactivity. I don't try to solve it. I just try to say, what is it? That's my first thing. And we talked about this acronym, RAIN. So just recognize 
this is an old argument with a loved one, or I recognize this is my fear of climate collapse, or this is my economic fear about paying rent next month, or this is being mercilessly teased as a kid, or this, what is it? And then you accept it, because probably if it's intruding, there's some type of non-acceptance of it. So you recognize it. And then I try to relax my mind and body and say, this is happening. This is happening. This is passing through me. This is arising in me. A worry, a plan, uh, a resentment, a fear. And I accept it. There comes a point where my resistance drops a little bit and I have accepted it, that it's here. And then I begin to use the eye of rain. I begin to investigate it. What is it? What does it feel like in my body? What does it feel like emotionally? What are the primary images? What's the pinpoint image that's symbolic of that worry or that plan or that nostalgic memory? Like, oh, there, it's got this image, this feeling, and it comes with how my body feels. So this is investigation. And then the end of RAIN is to not identify. So not compound it with a lot of sense of self. I must fix this. This says a lot about me. I don't want this to happen. So don't add a lot of I-ing to whatever's coming. See if you can just let it be energy and images intruding upon your loving kindness practice. And at some point, the energy will drop. It just has to, it can't last forever. So you have a choice. Do you let it go all the way down to your mind gets distracted? In which case it's lost any pull on your mind and you come back to your practice. Or when it droops a little bit, you say, yeah, I see it. I actually don't want to rehearse this memory. I don't want to go into this plan. I see it. I've investigated it and I'm choosing to put it aside because what I want to do now is actually practice loving kindness. So you have a choice of how much you do that. If it's very persistent, chances are you'll have to spend some time letting go of your loving kindness practice and turning towards what the intrusion is and breathing along with that experience, investigating, accepting it, recognizing it, not adding a lot of compounding, complicated I story around it. And at some point it diminishes. It can't, it does, nothing becomes permanent. So if it had a start, it will have an end. And at some point the energy passes through. That's how you work with something that's uh, persistent either as pain in the body, strange energy in the body, like fatigue or restlessness, or actually a cogent memory or plan. Um, Yeah, we'll take one more and then we'll conclude. Hey, I remember you talking about how single-pointedness maybe didn't capture what you kind of envisioned it as. And I was thinking about this in terms of walking practice. When I've got 
increasingly concentrated on metta, but I certainly have a, an awareness of some kind of my walking. Mm-hmm. What does single-pointedness look like in that context? Yeah, that's why I don't like the word pointed. <clears throat> um, so it's single frame. And so you can be on a mountain meadow and open your attention to the vast view, and that's one frame. So that's a moment of samadhi where you say, my God, this view, and you settle yourself and you take in something broad. But also while you're looking at something broad, you then might say, hey, I can see one little house down there. And then you look at that house down there. And so you can go from a very broad perspective that includes a lot of information, or you can actually find a detail. In walking meditation, you might take a lot of interest in how your left pinky toe helps with balance. And it just is a natural thing. You're not forcing your mind into a small space. It's naturally gotten very uh, particular. Or a more natural frame a few minutes later might be like, I'm trying to keep my practice very focused. But if I relax, there's actually a lot of spaciousness. I just want to keep it in one frame, this now. I'm taking this step now here. I'm doing loving kindness in this step for my friend. And it's a very broad frame, but if it's not split in two, if it's not here and there, then it's a form of samadhi. It's just a very broad frame samadhi. So I like one frame versus one point. May you all have a day (laughs) Ha, 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 ha.